softly playing And the rhythm's gently swaying Underneath the stars in a million bars Guitars are softly saying Mexico yeah, we're off to Campeche in uh, Mexico to uh, say uh, a very uh, warm welcome to our good friend uh, John Bonfilio. Uh, John, uh, very good evening to you. Good evening to you too, Martin. And what a pleasure and a surprise it is to have you here because you had alternative yes. arrangements. but I did. I was going away and then I didn't go away and now I'm back here. But what a nice way to spend a... A Friday afternoon. If, if I wasn't here, I'd be missing you all now. Yeah, well, we'd certainly be missing you. Now, the the, the first story you're going to uh, focus on as you look at the uh, at all the stories from uh, Latin America is that prison riot in Ecuador, uh, which has, I mean, absolutely horrendous. I saw um, pictures of it and people, you know, people pleading. And I mean, it wasn't when we say a prison riot, it wasn't just a few prisoners on the roof of strange ways throwing sort of bricks and tiles on the ground. This was, um, well, it was a horrendous riot, wasn't it? There were deaths. Yeah, 118 deaths, and you've seen some pictures. We've all seen some pictures, but the pictures we haven't seen are of the uh, multiple decapitated and dismembered bodies uh, that were victims of this gang-related uh, violence in what was the worst incident in Ecuadorian history vis-a-vis -vis their, their prisons in, in Guayaquil. Uh, started on Tuesday night, apparently some prisoners, two... two um, off-facing gang groups in in the prison both interesting linked to interestingly linked to cartels in in mexico ecuador doesn't produce cocaine but it is a, a transit point for cocaine from colombia peru so you've got these two factions if you like in in this prison and it apparently started on tuesday night with with some prisoners managing to uh, to crawl through an air duct into another part of the prison and uh, we, we hypothetically would be surprised to hear that they were started to use explosives and guns but of course explosives and guns and everything else you want to you want to get your hands on our common currency in in latin american prisons and and that's where it all started and apparently it finished yesterday although i wouldn't put any significant amount of money in it when uh, when a few hundred officers finally managed to go it fully into the prison um and and bring it under control yeah what regaining control of a prison like that actually means is i don't know because as far as i can tell uh, you know, having experienced some of these, having visited some and also obviously anecdotally from a number of people who work in and around the prisons. There's no prison in Latin America that is not in the, you know, is not being run by the, in, by the inmates. Yeah, I was going to say it was exactly the point uh, I was going to make. How do you, you know, they, the people who are running the prisons, as you say, you know, basically connected with the, uh, with the drug cartels and everything, they would decide when it's, uh, when, Peace is, is uh, restored, wouldn't they? And, uh... Yeah, and, and potentially, you know, if the eyes of the world are on a prison, then, then maybe a government, a government might be able to go in and put a prison under temporary uh, control. But, but all these prisons suffer from, you know, the, the perfect storm of, what is it, overcrowding, understaffing, uh, porous prisons, so you can basically get in and out whatever, whatever you want you know, corruption uh, within the prisons and, and out with the prisons. And, and really interestingly, one of the, the previous heads of the prison system in um, in Ecuador actually went online yesterday and um, basically said that, uh, which we already knew and have spoken about on your program many times, Martin, that the cartels are more powerful than the state. He said that what took place in this prison in Guayaquil was a threat against the state by a power equal to or higher than the state's. 
Now, um, absolutely horrendous. And then people, if, if they've seen those pictures on uh, Sky TV, they'll have shuddered when, when they saw them. Um, here's a sort of headline I rather like. Uh, Shakira mugged by wild boar in Barcelona. Tell, tell me about that. Yeah, Shakira, our, our favourite Colombian singer and alleged tax evader, uh, attacked by wild boar in a Barcelona park over the course of the next few days and then promptly shared her reaction uh, on her Instagram stories to her 70 million followers. Wild boar um, is a problem in North um, Spain, especially in the fringes of a number of urban centres. Populations have been growing and so on, um, and there's been a number of fairly high-profile uh, recorded, um, not attacks, but where wild boar go in and try and steal a bag, or there's a famous one that happened recently in Germany in a nudist colony where wild boar uh, ran off with a with a naked gentleman's uh, uh, attire and possessions but yeah with with shakira on a couple of days ago uh she they tried to steal her bag she was with her sons and then went went home and recorded her reaction my favorite bit of it all was that during one of the stories she recorded she pleaded with her son to to tell whoever else was in the room her son milan how brave she'd been against the, the boar and her teenage son was massively dismissive of uh shakira and her and his mother's pleadings obviously not giving uh much of a Adan about the fact that his mother is Shakira, one of the most famous women on earth. Yeah, um, and, and interesting about these wild boar. I've re I read about the, you know, the fact that they are now appearing. I think in, in Rome as well, um, you know, appearing in uh, urban centres. But at the same time, the the sort of rewilding project, if you like, um, in areas where wild boar used to be quite plentiful, that sort of, um, you know, that's sort of growing that movement as well. You know, to rewild. I know over here in the UK. Um, they're reintroducing beavers all over the place. But um, one assumes that the same sort of thing goes on in uh, in Europe, bringing back the wild boar. It's, it's certainly a constant debate. I mean, the most high-profile debate, the uh, species that is related to that debate really is the wolf. Uh, and that happens on this side of the pond and on, on that side of the pond, uh, for sure. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say that the wild boar is necessarily a, 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 a net benefit of rewilding. Uh, really, in, in a European context, and certainly not in northeast Spain, there it's predominantly actually the reverse. It's the fact mm. that the wild boar have actually been driven out of their habitat and are actually looking for increasingly, they're increasingly desperate for food and therefore go to the edges of, of urban areas to, um, to, to seek those out. Yeah. Uh, and uh, finally, this is a story that uh, I think was the lead story on the back page uh, of the Times one day this week, and that's the... Uh, uh, the boxing uh, in the uh, Rio Olympics uh, now being uh, investigated, isn't it? Yeah, an independent report has just been released into boxing and the Rio Olympics in 2016. And there's another two that are due out in November and, and March next year, but have uh, have found uh, whole wholesale widespread evidence of corruption, bribery and manipulation of results. There are 11 fights uh, under investigation. Uh, the most Famous probably is the Michael Conlon Irish fighter who lost in the quarterfinals and then went on an expletive ri uh, ridden rant where he essentially uh, accused the AIBA, the International Boxing Association, of corruption and was then fined uh, for his protestations, although now it seems that he was actually uh, right to. Um, and it comes from uh, largely is based in post-Soviet countries that seem to have been encouraged to give, to have given loans in inverted commas and donations to the AIBA over a period of time 
in exchange for favorable de decisions in, um, uh, in, in, in bouts. And as I say, there's 11 fights under in, in investigation, and we'll see where this goes. But um, I, the people who were largely responsible for this, for this and who went to the very top of the AIBA have actually all since been sacked or left their position. So um, to what extent there is any there are any teeth in this report, we we wait and see. But really damning in the, in the sense of how a, how a sport can so easily be, be taken over by by corruption at one of its highest profile international events. Uh, in the global calendar. Yeah, I mean, it certainly is, uh, as you say, it, it's quite remarkable in the Olympics. The fact that uh, boxing and corruption uh, figure in the same story is not um, is not that remarkable. No, I mean, I, I guess we've we've seen it maybe in the past, and of course, boxing and, and the point giving by judges is always yeah. open to to interpretation. It's not exactly a you know transparent. Um, system, but I guess that the thing about this one is the sheer scale of what took place, and also the fact that it went to the very top of the International Boxing Association. Mm, absolutely, um, John. As always, uh, thanks, uh, thanks ever so much, and we'll uh, talk again next week if, if you're still not going away. <laughs> <laughs> Take care. See you soon. There we go. John Bonfilio uh, joining us with uh, all the stories from uh, Latin America. Um